that at the end of the podcast. Regular, regular, regular features. Regular, regular, regular features. Regular, regular, regular features. Regular features are shown. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the Egyptian-themed podcast that's the same every week. You could say we're stuck in pyramidal with you. But don't get your toxvigs all sandy, because we've exhumed a pharaohed pile of features for you. On my left is Thoth, the god of knowledge and wisdom, whose name also stands for that homo over there. Him. He's the cat-worshipping woofter who'd never desecrate a pussy but will absolutely destroy that asp. Steve Hogarty! Hello. What's your feature, Steve? <laughs> it's uh, all to do with popes. Good! Best and worst, but mostly worst. Wonderful. Oh, sire, is that Joe Scrubbles on my other side? He's braved the horrors of Halloween, and let me tell you, he was as cool as ice is. He's just stepped out of a luxurious milk bath, and let me tell you, the floor at his feet is creamier than a lucky crow's beak. Joe, what have you got for us? Hello, Log. I'm presenting this week a script that HBO rejected in favour of BBC Cuck Business. Sounds repulsive. I'm Hotep, and pardon my stutter when I say that Smummy. I've even forgot what that one is a reference to. <laughs> That's Mummy. 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 Bandage is Mummy. <laughs> Bandages mummy. <laughs> I'm saying all the words. That's like you... a weird carry-on film, <laughs> but made on today's Pornhub. I'm Dr. Bandages Mummy, and I'm the only one qualified to deal with curses on this excavation site. But you can call me John Bomb Blythe, and it's my pleasure to bring you the big boys to this wonderful world of space. So let's do the sand dance, you beautiful MILF hunters! <laughs> I stopped doing <laughs> Egyptian Mum, things. Mummy, I'd like to fuck. <laughs> Mummy, I'd like to fuck. <laughs> like Is to that fight? <laughs> Mummy, I'd like to fight. <laughs> Regular features, regular features. What is a feature coming next? Let us see. And now it's time for Steve's regular feature. Steve's Pope's. Ranked <laughs> from worst to blurst. <laughs> These popes start off bad and they get badder. <laughs> Blur. I bad didn't realise we were still doing BuzzFeed satire in 2019, <laughs> but I love it. Um, as you all know, I'm a big fan of popes. Mm -hmm. Being a Catholic boy, a God-fearing man, and an all-round lover of child abuse. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going with that one. What else do they have in the Catholic Church? Cathedrals. Incense. The whole lot. Vaticans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Chapels. Orbs. Those swinging scepters with their fucking smelly bits. Oh, yeah. Orbs? They're not called orbs, are they? Scepters. Sept well, scepters what? are the sticks that they've oh. got that wave around. They're more like le morning stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, they love morning stars. All those Swiss guards have them, but tucked. <laughs> have you noticed that the how popes have infiltrated modern consumer entertainment yep. 
vis-a-vis some recent uh, high-profile TV shows. Everyone knows Jude Law's The Young Pope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but were you aware that in 2003 there was a Bob Hoskins film called The Good Pope? I did not know that. Uh, coming up in next week at the cinemas. Or is it a TV show? Joe, you work in entertainment. I feel like this. it might be Netflix. This is The Two Popes. Yeah. With wow. um, Jonathan Price, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. And it's like, you think one Pope's bad enough, good or young? Imagine, with your hands Imagine two really fucking old popes yeah. and what they're going to get up to. I'm just waiting to find out whether the number of popes in all the things you say follows the Fibonacci sequence or not. <laughs> uh, there's The Bad Popes, which is a 1969 book by E.R. Chamberlain. Uh, there is a... Joe found this one uh, sort of a, 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 a gangster heist film, low budget, called... Mm-hmm. The Pope, no, not the Pope must die. The Pope, that's Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. Coltrane. That's, that's Coltrane's the one of the Pope, the Pope films I saw. That I saw that film in the cinema, and I crashed my car after it because it was a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying it sounded really good. I think I've seen, I've seen it, but I might be getting confused for Nuns on the Run, which yes. Robbie Coltrane was also in. Yeah, Shit. he went around the church institutions making his films, didn't he? Yeah. What was uh, the what was this? Gone with the film? Pope. Gone with the Pope. It was an, an Italian grindhouse film where it was. Uh, was it? It's the, the like the the con is not the con. The theft is the stealing the most holy man in the world, and the ransom is a dollar from every Catholic. <laughs> Which sounds where, really fun. Where are they? They've gone. That's not all. They've gone with the Pope. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Did the Pope go willingly? No, absolutely not. Um, so with all this Pope media. Pope Flo- Mania. Pope they call Mania. It They're basically the new cyberpunks are popes. Everyone wants to be one. <laughs> they are trying to start a, like a, a papal genre mm-hmm. on a par with pirates and cowboys, right? Everyone was all yeah. about Deadwood a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Kids and love ghosts, cowboys, space, everything but zombies. Kid, they're trying zombies, yeah, but one thing kids don't go to bed saying is, tell me more about Pope's mom. 2020's hot Halloween costume is Pope. <laughs> I thought I'd need to set the record straight <clears throat> on some of the lesser-known Popes in history. Everybody knows that Popes are great. From the beatific exuberance of Pope Clement VII. Clement, who was French. <laughs> he's, he's a beautiful wine. I didn't, I didn't want to say Pope Clement VII because it sounds like it rhymes too much. And they hate rhyming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Pope, That's why they hate those shirts that say, I like the Pope, the Pope's most dope. <laughs> like, it's absolute bullshit to the Pope. Uh, pope Clement VII was so holy he could fly around on top of his hula hoop sized halo, but only as long as he was inside of a church. Such was... <laughs> The, the curse, the ironic <laughs> curse of his wish that he made to God. <laughs> then there's the humbling generosity of Pope Benedict the Ninth, who once forgave a cat so hard the cat went into cardiac arrest. But did you know that not all popes have been so nice? Here is my list of the top four worst popes in history. Hashtag not all popes. <laughs> Number one. The fourth worst. (laughs) Pope Brian. Pope Brian was a nasty little pope. 
He would stride about the Vatican bragging to all of the bishops that he had lost his virginity at priest summer camp, <laughs> even though everybody knew he was just making it up to sound cool in front of Cardinal Sebastian, who was the coolest priest in the Vatican because he had a driving license and a leather jacket. Pope Brian would repeatedly try to describe what sex feels like to a few of the gullible younger bishops who would listen to his stories, but he kept getting details wrong. Like when he described the woman's vagina as feeling like a burrito of soggy communion wafers. And when he said coming felt like doing a really hot poo out of your balls. <laughs> Brian the Verge. <laughs> Number two, Pope Bird the First. Pope Bird was the awful bird pope who became the pope by falling down the special chimney they used to declare <laughs> new popes. Because of papal infallibility, the noisy and uncontrollable Pope Bird inadvertently rewrote vast swathes of Catholic doctrine, adding hundreds of new commandments about seeds and bread that it would take generations of pontiffs centuries to undo. <laughs> Pope Bird was eventually caught by a tall vicar and released outside where he immediately flew into a sewer and died. <laughs> 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 I don't know why it's so funny that a bird would fly down instead of up. At last, I'm free. Now to go diagonally down. <laughs> Number three, second worst pope, Pope Stephen. Pope Stephen was a bad-smelling pope. Everywhere he went, he left behind him the foul odor of expired incense, rotting myrrh, and vestments that had been allowed to sit in the papal washing machine for too long before they went into the dryer. Priests would hold their noses as he walked past, and when Pope Stephen asked why, they would lie and say that they thought Pope Stephen smelled so nice they wanted to keep what smell they already had inside their noses by pinching shut their nostrils so it couldn't get back out. <laughs> but that's not how smells work, Pope Stephen would say, to which an insubordinate priest would reply, Oh, a lecture on smells from Pope Stephen, is it? <laughs> <laughs> This, I walked through Walthamstow Market the other day and passed a fancy little stall that was selling, by its own signage, real frankincense. As mm. if there's a lot of fake frank frankincense going <laughs> round these days. Knock-off bootleg frankincense. Yeah, like frankincense, but when you burn it, I don't know, it smells like glade. <laughs> I, I didn't understand why they had to clarify. I've never seen frankincense being sold. Never mind real frankincense. I don't know. Uncut if you Colombian think... <laughs> frankincense. It seemed I don't odd to think me. I've ever smelt frankincense, so I wouldn't know. So no. if, someone, if I saw someone advertising real frankincense, I'd doubt all my previous experiences with frankincense and just buy some. Yeah. But it worked on me. I've got to yeah. check it Where out. Where is this place? <laughs> it's Walthamstow. You can get there. It's by the Sainsbury's. <laughs> it's used as a base in many high-end perfumes. Is it really? Yeah. Grown in Oman, it comes from a tree. One, one tree, tree in Oman, yeah. one uh, really sappy tree. It's a, an entire, ironically, a glade of trees. Shit! It's a, it's a thick, white, waxy. Stop trying to sell me your con. <laughs> yeah, and I've this got, is I've how got, the fake frankincense trade starts. Come with me right I've, now. I've got, a, I've got a palm full of hot frankincense <laughs> right for you. Kept jerking your Armani tree into a, <laughs> into a ball. Sold it to Walthamstowians. <laughs> jerking my Armani tree. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. I know. I was happy. <laughs> 
fourth pope. Worst pope. The worst pope ever. Pope Alexander the third. Oh, should here we I go. say? Turd. <laughs> pope Alexander the third was a misbehaving pope who demanded to wrestle with anyone he'd meet around the corridors and cloisters of the Vatican City, which he called the cage. He would sometimes go missing for hours before leaping out from behind a pulpit to suplex an unsuspecting deacon. After attempting to trap a statue of the Virgin Mary in a figure four leg lock, only to knock her off her pedestal and smash her virgin head off, Pope Alexander III escaped into the rafters of the Sistine Chapel, from which he fell to his untimely death in 1782. Some people say that if you stand near a vestibule and listen carefully, you can still hear his walk-on music rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> Those are the four worst popes. Pray you never cross their paths. Fuck me. Get, give this man Pope Ted. Fuck Gremlin off. Fuck Gremlin hand off. He's no longer funny. Steve can do Pope Ted. Yeah. Great. <laughs> but don't actually pray that you don't cross their paths because all prayers go through the Pope. And then they'll know what you're praying about. Milk me, and then just hold me, because my name is Juicy Susan. Have either of you seen HBO slash the BBC's His Dark Materials adaptation? I have not, but I know. As an avid fan of the books as a grown man who reads children's literature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Until the third book where it got a bit weird. Um, I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. As I, someone who frequently fills up on pulling men. Yes. I, <laughs> nice. Oh, I see. Oh, I got that took me ages. I got that. <laughs> that, was, that was one of those gay jokes <laughs> that we straights don't understand. Uh, well, let me tell you, guys. If you're coming from my perspective, bit of a disappointment. Because oh. when I heard that HBO was adapting His Dark Materials, a famously anti-religious, anti-sort of bit governmental books, yeah, I was like, HBO's going to push this to the limit. They're going to go crazy with it. They're going to be irreligious It's going to be disgusting. And it's going to make, it's gonna it's gonna make, all, it's gonna make all the fuddy-duddies quiver in their big old Catholic boots. She's going to turn her familiar into loads of different animals and suck them all off. <laughs> Step off my feature. Oh, sorry. No, that doesn't happen. Uh, but unfortunately... Must have, they must have had one of these blasphemous varieties of Pope. Yeah, they've got to be Pope guys. Yeah, they've got probably like the forgetful Pope or something. <laughs> yeah, the, the Pope who couldn't stop coming. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately... The cucks at the BBC came along and made it into a tremendously enjoyable children's programme that's actually quite good for primetime mm. television. And unfortunately, the sexual, delightful, violent version of the HBO His Dark Materials is never to be seen except on regular features today, in which I will perform a three-scene full season of uh, His Dark Materials where I do all the voices. Oh, my fuck. Which is a, a bad idea. What a wait-off <laughs> wait for me and Steve. Thanks. I know. <laughs> Scene one. Lyra Balakwa slammed the priest's tiny dick in a Bible. A reading from the book of Ezekiel, she shouted over the brother of the magisterium's yelps. 
and lo, you've got a real flat dick now. <laughs> yes, queen, bellowed Panty Lemons, Lyra's demon who, in an inspired bit of stunt casting, was currently taking the form of RuPaul. We can do this the easy way or the hard way, Cassock Stain, snarled Lyra. Either you tell me where God lives and you get to keep your nuts, or I'll dip those self-same nuts in the oil what you put on a bishop's head for Easter or whatever, and then set my blowtorch to the flambe setting. The priest looked deflated. A nice little emotional metaphor for his actually deflated dick. Heavens protect me. God. God is in a cool bit of London, because it will make viewers go... Oh wow, I didn't expect to see that side of London in this new show. What a forward-thinking kind of a decision. Probably Cool Brixton. Where in Cool Brixton? You know where. No, I don't. Where do you mean? Look into your heart, child. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> look into your heart, child. I'd rather look into your balls. <laughs> the scene cuts to black as we hear the unmistakable meeting of thick paper ream and balls colliding, followed by a priest's scream. <laughs> scene two. I hope, I hope God's in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Lyra stretched out the dick of conservative politician Dominic Rabb all long and dropped a big paperweight in the shape of the House of Commons on it. But it's not our reality's Dominic Rab. It's the alternative universe that she lives in's Dominic Rab, played by our reality's Sajid Javid. <laughs> Lyra picked up the paperweight and readied it to be dropped on his rabby old dick again. I should point out that Lyra, in my version of the story, is played by Floella Benjamin. So don't worry about this being inappropriate. <laughs> All right, Dom, stop talking. Oh no, God is hiding in Cool Brixton, and you're going to tell me exactly where, or I'll separate church and state, if you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean, said Rab. I mean that dicks look a bit like a church steeple, and if you don't start spilling the beans, I'll open the doors, i.e. the base of your penis, and let out the people, i.e. Whatever's inside a dick. <laughs> pus. Is pus in a dick? I guess I could also make the joke about beans being the thing in your dick that will subsequently spill. It's your call. But I don't understand what the state is, though. You said you'd separate church from state. You'll be a fucking state, mate. <laughs> don't you worry about that, won't he, Panty Lemons? <laughs> Tay right. <laughs> Wait, shit. What voice was I going to do for this? <laughs> Tay <laughs> too, too right, Lyra, too right. This MP will be head of fucking state when you're done with his dick, said Panty Lemons, who had recently changed into the form of a wise-cracking egg, but hadn't outwardly acknowledged the irony. Shut up, you stupid egg. Better start... Wait, shit, there's more voices. <laughs> Better start to blab, Rab. That House of Commons looks like it's about to open its doors to Black Rod, said the egg. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'll tell you. God is where you'd never expect him to be, but somehow makes sense if you saw him there. A place of familiar comfort, of smiles, of brioche. I understand, said Lyra with zen tranquility. Then she smashed Dominic Rab's dick right off and left. Scene three. Lyra is in Cool Brixton's best pret-a-manger with God, who is played with disarming charm by Josh Widdicombe in a white suit. Did you write this scene in pret-a-manger? <laughs> no, I just thought about where you might be. And now I've got to remember how you do Josh Widdicombe's voice. 
I, I see you found me, Lyra. Yes, it is I, God. Yes, that's how you do judgment. I thought. I bet you thought I'd be more impressive, like a huge face made out of clouds or a lion, but even cooler. No, I am but a humble god, a nice god, the kind of god you could see yourself going to the pub with on a weekday, but you'd probably never take the piss like you would with your actual mates because you're not sure how he'd take it. God, my uncle slash father, depending on where you're up to in the show, has told me that you are bad, so I am here to kill you and set us all free so that we can say swear words again. Right, let me get this straight, said God, standing up from his uncomfortable pret seat and striding toward Lara. An absent father figure has told you to do something that you must obey despite not really understanding it, but you will blindly achieve it in his name. <laughs> Remind you of anyone? Like <laughs> God, perhaps? <laughs> no, said Lyra, stepping backwards to keep her distance between her and God. No, it can't be. Am I actually being a religion guy when the whole time I didn't want to be a religion guy? I'm afraid so, said God, <laughs> still striding as Lyra bumped into the little hot bit of the pret racks where all the toasties and that go. You've actually been so unreligious that you've swung all the way back to being religious and now you have to like me again. <laughs> <laughs> warned Panty Lemons, who was now taking the form of a Nutri-Bullet. <laughs> God took one more step until he was almost nose-to-nose -nose with actress Floella Benjamin playing Lyra. Say amen, please. It's my favourite word. I love it when people say amen. It's the best. <laughs> because this is a bit where there's a twist, Lyra was exactly where she wanted to be. With a smile and one fluid motion, she reached into the hot racks, grasped a meatball and a mozzarella wrap, tore off the easy open top of the packaging, undid God's fly, and thrust the open end of the molten meal over his dick like some kind of bizarre Italian Johnny. <laughs> the entirety of visible existence flashed red for a second, like when you get shot in a video game. Oh, bloody hell, you've made my dick too hot! Ow, 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 ow! <laughs> Too right, I did. Now you better fly off, because I've proven that atheists are the best at fighting. See ya, God. I'll be back when I invent priests with bigger muscles. And God disappeared like a McFly family member. <laughs> you do that, God. See if I care. It was at that moment that Lyra truly became an adult, and Panty Lemons was able to settle into his true and permanent form. Noted atheist... Polly Toynbee from The Guardian. <laughs> the end. And that's what HBO should have done if they had the balls. Um, do you lads mind if I just uh, nip to the toilet again? It's been a, been a long journey and I just... Do you look a little bloated? Oh, my Lord. It's, um, yeah, just need to just sit down and punch myself in the tummy until something comes out. Why are you talking this much before you go to the toilet? You should uh, just go. Because... 
We said yeah, you, the ages more you, ago. The more you want to go, the more f- the better it is when it finally happens. Oh, that's fair. So do you, do you want, want to stay just, for a bit longer? Well, actually, do you mind if I just? Actually, I, I won't go. I'll just lean over this stool and <laughs> sort of relax myself while and just only have my sphincter tightened while I relax everything else and use my sphincter yep. alone. It's that is that's what I'm going to do. Tantric. And I'm, oh, you might not hear from me for the next. Um, I don't know, seven minutes? Oh, sweet. (laughs) Oh, my name is Zim Bang Bang Chicken. (laughs) I'm the international entrepreneur and founder of the ever-expanding Big Boys Empire and an all-round enthusiast for lads who are notable for their largesse. And by largesse, I don't mean it in the traditional dictionary sense that they're generous <laughs> or philanthropic basically it sounds like a french word for big which is enough for me to reckon i come across as posh when i say it <laughs> this time as it turns out i'm reporting to you live from the space station out 2001 i did not intend on spending the run up to christmas in this elegant bloody donut but that's what you get for taking your big, your big fellas out for a walk in the park, I guess. And you can feel free to imagine me, imagine me looking to the camera and shrugging when I said that. <laughs> I need to rewind a bit. First of all, important information hitherto undisclosed about me big boys. Most of them are actually blind from having such lovely big eyelids. <laughs> but... As they said in Bureau de Changes before the proliferation of the Euro, what you lose in francs, you gain in Deutschmarks. <laughs> this blindness means that my lads have got a really well-developed sense of touch. And that is why, on any given night down the skate park, you can see my lads running around, bumping into each other, and tumbling up and down the ramps. It's their way of building up a map of their surroundings. <laughs> Zim, you've got the intonation of Attenborough. That's unbelievable. I've never thought about that before. Well, when you're imparting information that's important, you need to do so in a dignified way, and Attenborough is very much dignity personified. <laughs> So when they're running around bumping into each other, it's kind of like echolocation. But instead of honking and hooting, they bounce their entire selves off everything and each other. That's not to imply that they don't honk and hoot, because fuck me, they really do hoot and honk. (laughs) But that's just how they communicate a sense of contentment. If you ever hear this sound, however... That is the sound of a big boy who has gone critical and is about to explode. (laughs) My advice, step back. Unless you need propelling a long distance over a short period of time. (laughs) Anyway, let me get back to how I end up here on this bloody space station. I had my lads on leads walking them around the park and it was getting late and I needed to get them back into their padded sleep sockets before midnight. And if you're wondering why they've got sockets instead of beds, I found that fixing them into place like you would an enchanted gem into a sword (laughs) stops any dangerous sleep trundling. Last time I let them sleep completely untethered, I came downstairs to see the arse of me last lad thunking down the spiral staircase, out the front door, after following them all for ten miles in my car, eventually into the sea. 
that was a night in a fisherman's trawler I could have done without. And that's not something you hear me saying often. <laughs> anyway, back in the park, I'm there with me lads. I noticed that Jeff, one of my biggest, and I never say it in front of the others, but he's definitely my favourite, it was going a bit up instead of along. Now, you've got to dip these things in the bud. <laughs> Big boys have a flighty relationship with physics at best, and if you let one lad play silly buggers with going up instead of along, especially the biggest one, they'll all be at it, climbing each other like a magic ladder. So I put on my sternest voice and just said, Jeff, 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 keep those Jeff, Jeff. Can we just please stay on the ground, Jeff? I am not going to float up with you into the bloody night sky. I'll let go, and then you'll all be up in the air without me. And then where will you be? I think the fact that I said, then where will you be, after telling them precisely where they'd be, created a bit of a problem. It robbed the sense of any threat. It robbed them of any sense of threat or jeopardy. They just thought, ooh, up in the air, that sounds nice. So almost instantly, I was shooting up in the air, and I was thinking about all the times I'd heard of people getting killed by getting dragged off by balloons, and I imagined reading the story in the newspaper about someone getting dragged off by a balloon and laughing, and then realising it was me in the newspaper, and I was dead. (laughs) But then I looked at the faces of my boys, my beautiful boys, and I thought, how long it'd take if I lost them all to the night sky to replace them all. And I thought, I can't be arsed with that. So up we fucking went. Minutes later, out of space, my lads with their mouths clamped shut and their cheeks puffed out, their arms and legs stuck out like starfish in some kind of space cocoon state. And there's muggins here going from one to the next to get a bit of air out of their belly buttons just to breathe. <laughs> I was fuming But when Boo Boo made this sound I thought Well Why not use his detonation To propel myself a large distance Over a short period of time (laughs) The plot of gravity (laughs) And space No one can hear you say you big bloody idiots And that's when I saw the space station And detonated Boo Boo so here we are. <laughs> Sorry, Sim. Yeah. How do you forcibly detonate a big boy? Well, he as was, opposed he was, to allow him to. There's an, the extremities when they're in the space cocoon state. They're kind of rigid, but the arms act as levers. Okay. So you have to clamp yourself onto the front of them. One last embrace, if you will, mm-hmm. and then bring one of their arms down like they're one of the Egyptian guys out of floor 10 of Luigi's Mansion 3. <laughs> that fucking took me ages to work out. I could see it. I could see it was different. But the little X prompt never appeared next to him. And I walked around fucking hoovering all the sand up in that room for fucking hours. Is that when bob started flashing red? You've got a little bit of time to, to use them tactically. Pick them up and chuck them. Yeah, and yeah, on on impact, they'll explode. Mm. That's it. What? And in Zelda, you pick them up, pick up the bombs, they just don't go off at all. You put them down, they stop straight away. Pick them up, they stop going off again. What's the fucking deal? In Zelda? Bob-ums. In Zelda. I'm talking about Link's Awakening now. Oh. <laughs> but bob are kind of the big boys of the Mario universe. Yeah. So it makes that's, sense. That's true. I will give you that. 
<laughs> so, sorry so here I am in my very own Super Mario Galaxy, I suppose. Hey. <laughs> Fuck your good Sim. Good Sim is good. Is Log all right? And let me say, <laughs> I think he's ill. Yeah. All right, it's just up against the brink. <laughs> Got a couple of minutes left. This this zero gravity, it's something else. In terms of bouncing off things, it's like my lads have had their first taste. It's a, sorry. It's like they've had their first taste of ceilings, and they can't get enough of it. They're wappy for light fittings, and Jeff won't stop bouncing his considerable heft up against the artexing in the canteen. That sound you can hear. Or not, depending on who can be bothered. That's Boo Boo and his mate having a race around the big donut. If I understand it, this place is just a large, well, a large, large Hadron Collider for big boys like mine. And if you can get a god particle out of smashing a couple of atoms together, I reckon you'd get the old god if you slammed together a couple of my lads at high enough speeds. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps that's why they keep bumping into each other. My boys are aspiring to godhood. That'd be just like them. Oh. Oh, bloody hell. I've just realised that I've been describing what might happen instead of writing a narrative that convincingly led to that actually happening. And while I was wondering how to pivot from describing a potential to making it actually happen, I've, without actually deleting an entire paragraph, the thing that I described in the previous paragraph has actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) They've hit each other at the speed of light and become a great big bloody god. Well, that's the end of part one of this. (laughs) But let me tell you, they'd better not get any ideas. I'm still Zim Big Bang Boy. And even if they have just fused like off of Stephen fucking universe, they'd still better turn up to my annual big boy jamboree and wine tasting evenings. Anyway, better go. I've got a, a god on my hands. <laughs> See you, Sam. And if you don't pay towards the regular features Patreon more next month than this month, then we'll never finish that story. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's God in Zim World now. God has come to Zim World. Or maybe we could just put my feature before yours, and he could be... Joseph Winsbarrow, or whatever your name is. Josh Whittaker. Josh Josh Whittaker. No, I want him to be his own special (laughs) big god. (laughs) Lovely big god. Why are we so religious this week? It's a very religious episode. I'm really into it. (laughs) We just, yeah, something gets into us and we bounce off each other and like subtly we're dropping whichever little clues. We, we did say rock you like a hurricane in our WhatsApp earlier. And then when yeah. it came up at the end, I was like, that's like an Easter egg just for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've scattered enough God shards in this episode to, for you, you to pick them all up, readers, and create your very own religion. Yeah. Tell us who you like the best of gods. Allah? Jewish God? Jewish God. <laughs> or all the Indian ones? Yeah. I was thinking how many of the gods are Allah sounds like I'll uh, and Buddha sounds like but I. How many gods, can, <laughs> how many how gods just sound that? like the beginning of a bad sentence? <laughs> it's like shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. <laughs> Allah, Buddha. Allah, Buddha, shoulda, woulda. Allah, Buddha, shoulda, woulda. Oh, this is like. Allah, Karant, believe it's not Buddha. Stand up. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> sorry, sorry. We're not. Budder, Allah, shudder, wudder, cudder. We are. We call him God round God. here and you'll be well to remember it. <laughs> Where's your fucking poppies? Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a friend. And thank you for sticking with us through thick and through thin. We've had some awful times together. And sometimes I think that you were the only people keeping us all going. When we were so thin. (laughs) Well, and frankly... Thick. thick. Make us. <laughs> <laughs> we are thickest. Honestly, we've been doing this podcast now for most of my adult life. That can't yeah, be maybe. true. That's got to be true. It's I think it's it, like, eight years. That is redonkulous. I'm, and I don't use that word lightly. <laughs> no, I've never heard you say that before. It must have taken some kind of crisis of self to bring it out That's of your the face. the thickest word I can imagine. <laughs> if you like what we do and if you'd like to support what we do you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features mm. there you'll find all of the details of our wonderful exceptional patreon crew our boon buddies boon buddies and you can give us some money per episode mm-hmm. and it really helps and it really helps us feel good good <laughs> about the choices that Be- we've made. Because we spend it on drugs. Happy drugs. <laughs> this week, I think we'd like to send a special shout out to yes. a comic book artist who illustrated and turned into a comic one of the stories that we told on a recent episode of the, of the podcast. Yes. It was... I don't remember. I was not on this podcast, was I? It was. It was. It was the podcast following the the live show where I had a crocheted bird stolen. It went missing after the uh, live show ended, and I wrote an open letter to the thief. (laughs) To I believe you called it our horrible readers, (laughs) our horrible criminal Criminal readers. readers. Yeah. They are a likely bunch. <laughs> uh, it was episode 361, Touch My Bird. Yes. Um, and E.H. McMillan has drawn a seven-page, genuinely ex- exceptionally beautiful comic. It's really good. Illustrating uh, Steve's new and scarier bird story. It's so good. It, 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 it improves on what was already a really great story by me absolutely yeah uh, I mean, with like it makes your really great story look like shit to be honest <laughs> like okay, well, we'll go, i feel we'll, like we'll i listened far. back to the episode and it's like what yeah, is like, the point of this anymore just cut it out clearly inspired a, a great seven page comic yeah so. but sometimes inspiring something means that the old thing should die well, it's like yeah. parentage yeah well, i don't think anyone's making comic books out of your features so well, oh, I do. I it's been a, certainly a long time since um, someone made a, a full-blown animation out of one of my features. Oh, shit, I'm with the two people who've inspired good fan art. <laughs> if you go to the Regular Features Twitter page, we've linked to it there. Yes. And the person who did it, if you want to follow them on Twitter, is M4PALA, E.H. McMillan. 
fucking great stuff. And there's links to their tapas page where, which you, you can spend ink on looking at their comics. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? I've only, I, I, words I, I, I don't understand. I just discovered tapas today, and I was just I was trying to support them back. And um, yeah, uh, I, 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 there was an ink buying process that is roughly very very similar to mobile games where you buy a chest of ink or the best value ink. And then you can spend it to unlock comics. Weird. I don't know how that transfers into the person getting money, but I'm sure it does. Otherwise, they wouldn't put their comics up there. Buy some ink. That sounds really good. Steve looks uncomfortable with this whole kind of... I think it's it's pretty uncouth to put a call out for money like that. But if you do like the podcast, (laughs) it's patreon.com forward slash regular features. We'll be back next week with another episode of the show. Good night. Good night. Sweet dreams. Regular Ficheros. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Put that at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but put me saying, put that at the end of the podcast, at the beginning at the of the podcast. Of the podcast. <laughs>